Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature, not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara and as always I am joined with my ghoul friend Jessica. Hey! Hello, and today we are bringing you kind of what I would like to call a campfire story type of episode. Actually, both for this month are going to kind of fall in this realm. We wanted to do something a little different slash kind of a throwback because I know we kind of used to do stuff like this, but this is very different. Today, by the title, you can see we are going to be talking about Japanese legends or folklore today, and I am so excited. Now, I do want to say, because it is International Women's Month, we picked all female legend slash folklore stuff. So the rest of this month for main episodes, minus listeners, of course, are going to focus around women and all of our Patreon content will as well. And speaking of Patreon, if you would like to support the show, you can head to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls. For as little as a dollar, you get one bonus episode a month. After that is two and up, which is Jessica Slaughter's movie reviews and plot lines twice a month. It's a great, great segment. Y'all should check that out. And five and up, you get video content and live streams with us monthly and all kinds of great stuff. So check that out if you would like to support us on our spooky and true crime endeavors. 
If you would like to hang out with us on social media, you can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at Three Spooked Girls. We also have an amazing Facebook group that just continues to grow and it blows our mind. That's Three Spooked Girls Official. In real time, we actually just added and introed all of our new mods. So thank you to Ashley, Kelly, and Matthew for helping us out over there. We really, really appreciate it. And also, we now have our assistant editor, who we introed as well, so we are very happy to add CK to our team. Thank you so much, CK. We appreciate you. You are amazing. But before we dive into our drink and then the content this week, we're going to take a quick promo break, and we will be right back. Congratulations, you're today's lucky winner. You're dead, but you've won a year back on Earth to do whatever you want, and I'll be your Grim Reaper chaperone. Rita, why are you at my desk? I'm talking to a lucky winner. Them, they aren't dead. I was going to tell them about the show. The show where I helped my dead human friend Dawn prove that she was murdered? Yeah. The paranormal stoner comedy. Yes, the scripted fiction show that's got fart jokes, sapphic romance, vampires, and acid trips. Where would they find today's lucky winner? On their favorite podcatcher app. Now get the f*** out of my desk. All right. Well, welcome back, guys. I'm going to hand it over to Jessica so she could tell us what our drink this week is. Okay, guys. So I was thinking in my mind, because we're gonna, today we're talking about, as you can tell from the title, we're talking about Japanese female demons. Yes. I was like, okay, when I think of going out for Japanese food, and this is so American, and I know, I think of sake because mm-hmm. my husband loves it. It's like one of the only alcohols that he can drink that doesn't really like bother him because he has like a sensitivity to some of the fermentation processes. Mm-hmm. So this is a sake fizz cocktail. Definitely check out the recipe it is really pretty the top art is purple the middle is kind of pink and then it's a little yellow it's really pretty definitely check it out it's got obviously sake and some peach syrup and then some tea and then some juices that's gonna be good i love it i love it all right well like i said we are gonna be diving into these legends and it's just gonna kind of be some back and forth scary stories of some (laughs) badass demon ladies (laughs) yes So I'm going to hand it to Jess so she can tell us our first story. Okay, I'm going to disclaim that I am horrible with pronunciation. I have been called out on it a lot. I understand. I am sorry. I am trying my best. I wrote out everything as phonically as I can. But if I mess up, my intention is not to offend anyone. It's just that I have hard times pronouncing English words. I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, but like I definitely still have my speech impediment sometimes. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. With that, we're going to be talking about the Sazai Un or Turban Snails of the Sea is my first story. And at first I was like, okay, these are weird. But there has never been more of a story that I was meant to tell in the universe. I was so excited about it. So Sazai is a popular menu item in Japan and I didn't know this and I wanted to put this in here because the article says, although almost unknown to the West. So then I was like, oh, good. It's not because I am just a really bad orderer at a restaurant. It's because I'm uncultured and have not traveled to Japan. Me either. It's okay. So basically, they're the Turbo Corticus. They're like the ones that you see that like, I can only see like, you remember like back in the early 2000s, like late 90s, early 2000s, they'd have those like hermit crabs that lived in those shells. Mm -hmm. And the shells would be like spirally. 
It was like that. That's what they look like. And it literally turns out to mean like horned turban. And apparently they're a delicacy like the French eat escargot. So with that, the sands I own are turban snails that look like a giant shellfish with an odd set of arms that haunt the seven seas, often taking the form of beautiful women to lure seamen into trouble. Hmm. Right? So basically, they snail mermaids. <laughs> I love it. I got really excited about that. So they're basically mermaids. Hmm. If you know me, I love me some mermaids. Mm-hmm. The origins are a bit obscure, and they're kind of a couple different stories that go along with it. One of the stories is that the Sanzai Un, typically they're this animal called yokai and when they're about 30 years of age the magic transforms them into a supernatural creature which are these sansai snails and they grow to be an unusual size and become a blend of human and animal they have both human and animal features and their arms are these two powerful gigantic arms and they have eyes on their shells So, like, the shell is their head, but also their butt. I don't get it. Oh, okay. Some of the drawings really confuse me. I'm like, which one is the shell? On the head? Is it just the shell split? According to one lore, the Sanzayun are harmless creatures, and all they do is they raise the surface of the ocean on moonlit nights so they can dance in the waves, Mm. which is fun. Mm -hmm. They're also often mistaken for sea dragons. So when I was texting Tara about this episode, I was like, let's do the dragon one tonight. And she's like, wait, yours are dragons? I was like, wait, aren't your dragons? Where did I see dragons? (laughs) It was in my notes. I panicked. I was like, wait, did I research the wrong thing? (laughs) I was like, they're all dragons. No. (laughs) The week before, Tara was sick. And now this week, I've been having some sleep issues. So I'm like sleep deprived slash overslept. So I was imagining things. Okay. So in this province, which is now a different place, I apologize, I can't pronounce them. The lore is the same, but then it like has two different kind of alternative endings. Ready for this, Tara? I am so ready. Trigger warning to any male listeners, I will be talking about testicles. (laughs) Trigger warning you up front, guys. Your balls will not thank you. (laughs) You will not be comfortable during this story. So basically, the Sanzai-un or Sanzai-on are lustful women who were thrown into the sea for punishment for their whorish type ways. Boo. Rude. Boo. It's slut shaming. Boo. Yeah. And that they are also shapeshifters. So basically, that's how they got in there. But eventually, they became shapeshifters who would pretend to drown and turn on their quote unquote rescuers. Sometimes the sands I own would appear to shopkeepers and sometimes children, but like we're going to focus on the shopkeepers because I don't like the children aspect of this. So I didn't look into it further. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> like, no, thank you. Yeah. But what they would do is they would take the form of a woman and wander at night into the inns. And I'm quoting from the article, making a meal of the innkeepers. The innkeepers in total or their balls? This whole, all of them. I was just curious. <laughs> Now we're getting into the balls part, guys. Oh, okay, okay. So in one story, a pirate ship sees these women or a woman drowning close to the sh- like these cliffs and she's crying and she's drowning and they're like, we will rescue you, woman. And they bring her on the board and she's beautiful. And the pirates are like, yeah, hey, pretty lady. And in one of them is that the pirates had planned to rape her, but then the woman was like, hey, I'm down. And then she had sex with them. And then once she had sex with them, she kept a souvenir 
souvenir of her quote-unquote conquest, as the article said, and she took the male's testicles with her as her prize. (laughs) The other story is that the pirates rescued her, and then she was like, thank you so much, and the pirates were pirates, and were like, well, this isn't a free ride. Very, like, fuckboy, frat, bad juju man. And then they rape her. And then to get back at her at them, she cuts off their testicles one by one. Then she offers to sell them back their testicles for their gold. <laughs> which is <laughs> the Japanese word for testicles is, I'm going to say this wrong, kaitamama. I'm saying this totally wrong. But it literally means golden balls. <laughs> I love this. Because the size I own would like literally take their balls but be like do you want them back give me your money which is genius because a man will be like i will give you anything back for my balls Mm -hmm. oh my god (laughs) i love it i love it in some of this they recognize that she's a demon right away and then when they recognize that she's a demon she takes their balls for their gold basically this part um is just that she's like i will cut off your balls and sell them back to you for your money which Regardless of the way you look at it, there's a sexual assault on both sides at this point. But, like, she had the wherewithal to be like, you have a lot of gold, and I know what you are really about. Yeah, she's smart. She's smart. Right? It, again, reminds me of that movie, Hard Candy. Oh, gosh, yeah. Where the bad guy confesses because he thinks he's going to lose his balls. Mm-hmm. So that's the story of the Sazai Own Japanese snail mermaids who steal balls. I like it. Goodness. All right. So, again, please don't out us for our pronunciations. We love you. Thank you. Okay. So, my first one is the Nura Ana, and that translates to snake woman or wet woman. She is of the coast of Kyushu and Naiguta Prefecture and Fukushima Prefecture. So, like the northern and southern parts of Japan, basically, like the very top and then like the very bottom, typically the southern area. Got it. So, our snake woman, as we'll call her, she is described as a vampiric serpent who looks like, depending on the version you go with, because there's two different appearances these women may have, she's either a woman's head with a snake's body... Or, I love that it ties in with yours, kind of mermaid-ish. So she has a human head, torso, and arms, but then the tail of a snake. And besides that, she pretty much reacts the same way regardless of which version you go with that she looks like. Both are terrifying, though, by the way. Just saying. Other features about her mentioned is that she has long black hair that is always soaking wet, like when you go swimming and it sticks to you, hence the name Wet Woman. Uh Mm -hmm. Along with this, she has the serpent forked tongue and is said to have a, quote, hideous face, which I was like, wow, rude, 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 rude. They're not very nice (laughs) in these lores. They're very, like, ugly lady. Right? But she is said to be so strong and powerful that she could crush a human to death with her tail. But that's not really her jam. She prefers trickery and being mischievous and shit with her victims. And her diet, as you guys can probably guess, 
since I said a vampiric, is solely human blood. Now, she's said to target pretty much anyone who comes in her path because she, you know, resides in the ocean slash sea and near the beaches. That means her targets are typically sailors or fishermen. There was a note in one of the articles I read that said young girls as well, but again, we've done enough, like, child-type death shit lately that uh, we glazed over that part. So now what happens when you come across her is she's always carrying a bundle, which looks like a swaddled baby is the easiest way to describe it. And she will act like as if she's in distress, as if she just needs a break for a moment. And if you would just hold the baby really quick, it would be such a big help. Typically, people are like, uh, okay, let me hold your baby for you. It's like a crying lady. You're not going to be like, fuck you, lady. Bye. You know? So... <laughs> When they hold this baby, they figure out it's not a baby at all. And when the person tries to hand it back, or when I was reading some of the stuff, they use the word discard the bundle. It's like, Jesus, fuck. It instantly becomes so heavy that the person is like trapped with it and cannot move at all. And this is when she attacks them and then begins to feast by draining her victims of all the blood in their bodies. Oh my goodness. With her creepy snake tongue. (laughs) And another quick version that I only came across maybe once or twice, but I felt like it was worth mentioning, is that essentially she wants to be left the fuck alone and wash her hair and that she will only attack people who disturb her during her self-care time, which if that's the case, I'm kind of like, I understand. You're just trying to have some you time and rejuvenate and people are trying to be assholes. So if that was the case, I could totally sympathize. (laughs) Right, like stay out of her shower time. Literally. So yeah, that is my first story. I just want to say this. From our first two stories, both characteristics, like, they have strong. Like, mine had the strong arms and yours was, like, could crush a man with a tail type thing. But they used their minds. So I kind of like that, like, this looks back like how they looked at women. I mean, yes, they were sneaky in these stories. But at the same time, it's like, they're actually really intelligent. And they thought, like, women were smart enough to be able to trick people. Mm-hmm. Like, be cunning. So, you know, props to the Japanese. Yeah. No, for sure. Unlike our lord where it's like, oh, she could do nothing right. She's a horrible person. Yeah. As we read these, I'm like, I have to read more of this because I just loved all these stories so much. Right. COVID spring break is right around the corner and you know what that means. Spring break in your pants. Manscaped is here to ensure that the party in your pants never stops. Even Veronica Corningstone wouldn't say no to this pants party. (laughs) (laughs) For everyone preparing for a pants party this spring break, we have an exclusive 20% discount for you. Use code SPOOKEDGIRLS at manscaped.com. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 Waterproof Cordless Body body trimmer, and lots of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. This is the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest or ball shave. Also in exciting news, for a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance Reduce Chafing Manscaped Boxers. Those bags are honestly so nice. We were obsessed Mm -hmm. with them over the holidays. They made great gifts. And like y'all have heard us talk about many times, we absolutely love those boxers. They are literally the most comfortable thing I have gotten lately. (laughs) They are. My husband keeps trying to put them in his drawer, like when (laughs) he folds the laundry, and I'm like, they are mine. 
But he's really digging Manscaped lately. Mm-hmm. I know. Matt, too. I had to order him his own boxers and his own tee because he felt the material. And he's like, uh, I need these now. <laughs> <laughs> so get 20% off and free shipping with the code SPOOKEDGIRLS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code SPOOKEDGIRLS. Say aloha to your new beautiful balls with Manscaped. So... My second and final story for me is, um, I'm going to say this name wrong. I believe it's pronounced Ume. Ume. I'm saying it wrong. Please don't at me. I'm so sorry, guys. It's U-B-U-M-E. And basically, the story is of a woman who is dying either right before, during, or shortly after she gives birth. And her ghost is too worried about her baby to pass on, Mm. so she cannot peacefully go into the other world. And she turns into a ghost to watch after her child. If the mother dies and the baby stays alive, they will wander into stores and homes to try to find or buy necessary things for the child, like diapers, that kind of stuff. But they'll pay for it with a handful of dead leaves. Mm. Ghosts don't have money. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could have borrowed some from the other lady who has gold true they weren't like forming a union of ghosts or (laughs) demons at this point maybe they should should. (laughs) if both the mother and child dies she will appear in the dark on rainy nights as a woman carrying a child crying out for help so kind of like how tara's was and then she passes the baby like tara's story to someone else who's willing to help and the baby turns into a rock and then grows heavier and heavier and heavier until it crushes the person who holds the quote-unquote baby to death oh so she takes it a step further though mine's just to kind of trap them she's like now fuck you my rock baby is going to crush you to death goodbye i like that the (laughs) baby it's like you're like oh what a cute baby and then all of a sudden you're like holy shit there's a boulder on me (laughs) (laughs) what a weird thing and then so it can appear in many forms so it can be a crying woman with with a baby a pregnant woman a blood-soaked walking corpse carrying an undeveloped fetus oh i don't like that yeah i found this website that was like here are all these like japanese lores out there and I was like, oh, shit. Like, they had everything. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. Mm. That's a very descriptive thing. So I'm just going to take that. Yeah. Wow. Right? <laughs> so sketchy. Scary. Other times, they appear as horrific, bloody, pregnant, crying woman. She needs help. And then when you go to help her, she hurts you. Now, different regions in Japan have different burial traditions. So some of these stories go along specifically with like where they're at. So like in some areas, when a woman dies, they actually bury her with the fetus still inside. And other areas, they will actually remove the fetus and place it in the mother's arms. Which is like grossly beautiful. Yeah. It's like one of those things where like, so for all eternity, she'll be holding her baby. Right. It's so like, I don't know, it's just so heartbreaking slash sweet to me. And they said that if a woman dies after giving birth to a stillborn, they will do the same thing, which is beautiful. Yeah. I think in a, like in Western cultures, we would bury the baby and then bury the mother. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times the spirits will wander the areas and where they died or where they were buried and they will be seeking help, kind of like I mentioned earlier. So it's not like they're just roaming all over. It's typically close to either where they died or where they were buried. 
delayed, which is convenient. You don't have to travel far. Also, again, if the baby like survives, but the mother dies, the mother tries to take care of the baby. Oh. So like, could you imagine being like a husband grieving your wife? But then walking into your nursery. And your wife's ghost there. Oh, my God. And seeing your wife taking care of your baby. Man, that's heartbreaking, too. Man, this one's sad. Yeah. It also can take the form of a child-snatching bird. Mm -hmm, There's that. It's an evil bird that that was like, "Mm -hmm, evil bird. I get that. Evil bird. Just no more. (laughs) Um, No, I just don't like birds, guys. And basically what it'll do is it flies over looking for clotheslines with, like, baby's clothes on it. And then... And then it goes in and snatches babies. Damn. So it's like the opposite of a stork. It takes the baby, doesn't give the baby. The anti-stork, if you will. The anti-stork. <laughs> right. Now, with this, the Ume, I'm sorry, I'm saying this wrong, eventually decides that she would hold a child dead or alive so that she could feel whole. Basically, where she would touch the baby would be like have rot or mold on it. Oh. I hope it washes off. Yeah. So this is one of those stories that I think just evolves depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But it's it a little disturbing. Yeah. But I liked it in the sense because when I read that there was an evil child snatching bird, I was like, mm-hmm, we got to bring this to light, guys. <laughs> there is a story where a bird snatches babies. I've told you forever birds are evil. <laughs> I have proof. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Well, to wrap us up, I have our last legend folklore story and now actually we're gonna go away from the sea and we're gonna go to the mountains now oh nice yes i chose see here's the thing my first one was kind of like mermaid-esque so i chose that one for that reason and then i chose mountain because hello alaska so i was like there we go. There we go. So my other legend is called the Yama Uba. She's called the Mountain Witch, but it's said to translate to either Mountain Hag or Mountain Crone, which if you're like me and wonder what the fuck does crone mean, it means old woman who is thin and ugly. So they're fucking mean to the Mountain Witch already. I don't like it. They body shaming. Being rude AF. It's ageist. Right? That's why I was like, wait, wait, let me tell you. <laughs> so the Mountain Witch is said to live isolated up in the mountains, of course, in either like a hut slash cottage or sometimes a cave. Most versions I read lean towards having a house of some sort. It is said that a human woman becomes one of these because they have become corrupt and this sparks the transformation for them. More specifically, women who were, quote, accused of crimes or wicked deeds flee into the wilderness and live in exile. The women transform gradually over many years into mountain witches. In some cases, their origin can be explained by an old custom from times of famine or economic hardship. When it becomes impossible to feed everyone, families had to make a hard choice. Remove one family member so the rest can survive. Often the sacrifice chosen was a newly born baby or the elderly. Some families led their mothers deep into the woods and left them there to die. Their mothers? Yeah. They're like, you're old, bye. Rude. Right? These abandoned old women, either out of rage or desperation, transform into horrible monsters that fed on humans and practiced black magic. End quote. I mean, good for them. Right? They're evolving. It's evolution. Come on. They're evolving. Right? <laughs> but it's said that along with the transformation that they have, this isolation drives her to insanity and cannibalism. So, you know, you know, do what you gotta do, I guess. <laughs> 
So, okay, that whole thing is just so messed up and sad. Like, no wonder they turn evil. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. They were abandoned. Their family was like, get the fuck out of here. Bye. So, you know, just really sad. But also, when, like, reading up on that, I definitely got Skinwalker vibes a bit Mm. since when we talked about that, the explanation on how they, you know, used to be human before they turned type of thing Mm -hmm. into the Skinwalkers. So I was like, ooh, interesting. Now, these mountain witches are described as having long, straggly yellow hair, piercing eyes, tattered clothing, and a large gaping mouth. It's really terrifying. Some of the pictures I saw, it was like their mouth was from like ear to ear and big and scary and the teeth looked really sharp or they were fangs in there and some of them have horns as well. Oh, that's nice. That's just a beautiful image of a woman. You know, you know. It also reminded me of, some of the pictures kind of reminded me of Grilla a little bit too. I'm definitely getting a lot of different vibes right now. (laughs) Every culture got a Grilla. Yes, yes, yes. Now, some of the mountain witches will stay like this 24-7 because they don't give a fuck, but others will just appear as average, quote, quote, old ladies until they attack. So they can change their appearance. So, you know, again, skinwalker type of shapeshifter thing. And we've already talked about shapeshifters in this earlier. Mm -hmm. Now, here's how they get their prey. Apparently, to their chosen targets, they transform to look like a pretty young woman, you know, so they were, quote, more inviting, I guess, and appeared harmless. The targets typically will be travelers who are giving off, like, being super tired and like a wary vibe, like, oh, gosh, got to find camp to take a break from whatever journey they're on type of shit. And when she comes across them, coincidentally, she will offer them food, a place to sleep. And, you know, she has somewhere they can get rest before they continue on their journey the next day. And of course, most of these people, they say yes. So they go back to her house and they'll have dinner. They relax. They have a good time. And then comes bedtime. So it's said that once the traveler or travelers are asleep, she turns into attack mode. It said this is when she'll go back to her scary, evil, quote, quote, looking self. Some of the articles said, quote, an ugly demonic witch. So, you know, okay. And she eats them because she's a cannibal. Now you're probably wondering, well, if they're eaten, Tara, how does the story get passed around? Well, some of these travelers have managed to escape. And when doing so, they obviously tell everybody they can fucking tell so that they don't come, you know, if they come across her, they're like, get the fuck away from her or avoid this area, you know, that type of thing. So you don't get eaten by the fucking mountain witch. And on top of that, apparently it is said that this is used commonly as a cautionary tale for children as well. (laughs) That if you're bad, the mountain witch will get you. Makes sense. Yes. It's like Hansel and Gretel, but like less gingerbread candy house. Yeah. And then like also with Krampus, it's used as a cautionary tale. So he is children. We must be as children terrified something like the worst thing that could happen to us as a child is we're gonna get eaten by something all of like mythology has these entities that are evil or evil-esque and they eat us mm-hmm. so we must really be afraid of that right i guess so i guess so 
But that is going to go ahead and wrap us up for today. We hope you enjoyed our little dive into Japanese legends and folklore. If you guys have any favorite stories or creatures from the Japanese culture, please let us know. We are always happy to do another installment of this. These stories are so fascinating. I really love them. They are. And they're really sometimes really scary, too. (laughs) They're really like complex in the fact that they really think about there's like this lesson behind it. Mm -hmm. Don't throw women off cliffs because it's literally going to come back to bite you in the balls. Like, literally. Right. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But on that note, we're going to sign off for now and we will be back on Thursday. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.